I'd like to welcome everyone to today's show of, you know, truth. And today's guest, very special guest, we have Stephen Mariolo. Is that, am I pronouncing that correct, Steve? Oh, perfect, man, perfect. Thank you. And you know, it, you know, Steve, he's 30-year career, law enforcement. You know, he's a big, big, big advocate for suicide prevention, you know, especially for first responders. You know, he's an advocate with Papa New York, which, you know, we're going to get into that, you know, during the show. And, you know, I encourage everyone. I know you guys are watching this podcast and everything else, too, but I encourage everyone extremely to also follow, you know, Stephen. He has the, the Keeping It Real with Stephen Michael. So you guys can tune into that, Michael, during this, and I'll actually have it streaming across the bottom as well, you know, his contact information and ways to actually follow his show. So my, my, I want to thank you, Michael, for inviting me on. But I want to say I definitely want to network with you and a lot of other people that's into this first responder, mental health awareness. I think it's a big field out there to get help for everybody. And that's what we do this show for, to help everybody. So Exactly. I just, and I wanted to thank you for your current service, past service. And, I mean, what you do is phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the reasons I want to bring you on here because, you know, people need to hear your voice. People need to hear your resources and then the ways we can make a difference, man. So, I mean, thank you for allotting me this time. I mean, it, it truly, truly means a lot. It means so much, you know, what you do. Mike, I appreciate it. I, I have a motto I always say on my show and I always, I believe it. You matter. You're important. You make a difference. Sometimes we don't think we matter, but we do. Sometimes we don't think we make a difference in our careers or whatever we, in our work field. You do. And sometimes we maybe don't feel important, maybe in a relationship or family situation or in a neighborhood, but you are. And we always got to, I tell my officers that all the time, we keep that in because our own worst enemy lives in our brain. We battle them. And, and that's keeping it real right there. That's, that's definitely <laughs> keeping it real. And then, so what actually, Leia, so, so any, well, first, any any viewers at home, so if anybody's viewing this from a group, because I utilize StreamYard for the broadcast, you have to allow Facebook or allow StreamYard access to your Facebook profile. That way you can make comments because, you know, uh, Stephen and I, we do encourage you guys to ask questions and then communicate with us because, you know, what we're addressing, you know, we need feedback, you know, in order for us to, you know, maintain what we do and for us to be able to provide resources you know, it's kind of what Stephen just said, you know, if if a closed mouth don't get fed, if we don't know you need it, we can't provide it, you know. So if there's questions out there, you know, even if they've been answered by a million other people, ask the questions and we'll give you the insight. You know, so we do encourage you guys to, you know, to actually engage, you know, in this conversation, be a part of the conversation. If somebody actually wants to come on to the, the stream to ask Stephen questions to converse with him, I can send you the link for that as well, too. But well, so... That's why I get nervous about it. See, when I do a live studio show, I usually do it from one place. I do live, Facebook, and then I share it on. Everybody finds me unless I get censored by Facebook. But then when I do a studio, <laughs> show, when I do a studio show, studio show where I have a live uh, entertainment and everything, uh, trying to find it. live entertainment and everything, um, I do it from a studio, or a professional uh, a recording studio. You know, and uh, with that's done, when I do it from there, they have to send out a link. So usually see it sees uh, coming from a, a group and they get nervous because they, they usually just see me go live. But that's what's going to be here. So if anybody's watching it or they're going to watch it later, I know I would love to get on. Just go to the page, right? Click it. You'll be on it. Accept the stream on and then you can interact. Start asking questions. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, so if, if you're actually engaging with your followers as we're doing this, if you let them know, so that post that got shared to uh, your you to share on your page, if they click on the actual image, it'll start playing the video because it'll say like the video is scheduled for like three minutes or is going live. If they tap on that, they'll actually see you and I right now, and that's how they'll actually start being able to comment. So you know, it's, it's tricky. It's kind of a Unfortunately, if they if they don't do it, I guarantee when I reshare it, you're gonna have a lot of questions. You gotta look at it. You might have to answer it from uh, 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 later on, but they're gonna definitely say hello. And I just want to say, in this field we're in, um, I believe in in uh, teamwork. That's what life's all about. My police department, military, my department, all first part is teamwork. Um, I believe in helping out everybody on my show, but also uh, networking with you and other people. And I believe that. Um, Anybody that gets the good word out, helps somebody from taking their life or thinks twice, is perfect. So I just want to give you one stat. In 2021, up to October 22nd, police officers, 371 died line of duty. That means they died in, 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 in got a, a car accident, being shot somewhere, a heart attack on duty somewhere. And then 120 officers in the United States took their lives so far this year. Three in NYPD active, and we have numerous retired. And that's why I went out and did this show. And that's why I do my show every Wednesday night live, 7 o'clock Facebook page, Keeping It Real Steve Michael, and also YouTube page, Keeping It Real Steve Michael. That's what, that's what I'm actually – I'm actually typing the ticker right now as we speak. I had it up and I forgot to save it when I brought you on and it cleared it out. If I tap out of the box, it clears it. It's weird. But uh, that's one of the things too. So I just made a commercial earlier today in regard Great. to that because a lot of people don't understand how high deaths are with suicide and on – while uh, in the line of duty, a lot of people don't realize the, the numbers are staggering, you know, of how many officers take their lives. And, you know, individuals in the civilian sector are they're limited to only seeing what the media chooses to provide to them. They don't understand that, especially like with paramedics day after day, they're seeing one traumatic event after another. And to be able to store that and almost like feeling like there's nobody there, it's. I can't imagine it, you know, I mean, even though I have my own personal traumas that I've, you know, been exposed to, it's still that, you know, everybody holds it differently and responds differently. And it's just some people are afraid to expose themselves that shit's going on, you know, but it's the. Suicide and depression it becomes a stigma. It shouldn't be a stigma because 50 million people suffer from some kind of mental disorder a year, 50 million people. If you look at it, uh, first responders, we see the worst of the worst. They respond, firemen, paramedics, EMS, police officers, uh, court officers, correction officers, sheriffs. Uh, I don't want to leave it. Military. And I'm going to say, so when I do my show, I give out phone numbers for everybody out there. Um, suicide National Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Over 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That is a staggering number. My, like I say, your show, I already know that. My show, we're friends in the military that served and are serving. You always have a place to talk. Please don't give up. And then I also tell you, my job, well, I get my job, but firemen and EMS uh, have a hotline, 188-731-3473. You can call that one. But on my job, I'm, I'm NYPD. So I suicide national hotlines for everybody, 1-800-273-8255. Everybody should be calling that number. But on my job, I'm a member of POPLA, which is uh, police organization providing peer assistance 
I'm an active member of NYPD police, uh, police officer. I'm an inspector. I run uh, transit anti-terrorism, NYPD. But um, we have active officers and retired. And that's a hotline that's independent and it's confidential. And it's independent from the police department where if you need help just to talk, vent, or you really need a 1013, which we call in our job 1013 when someone needs assistance, a help. If you're really going through something, we call that line. And what happens is- What's someone, that number? Uh, oh, yeah, I got it right here. Ready? Papa. It is. Let me give it to one eight eight two six seven seven two six seven, or make it easy one eight eight cops cop. And that number is for active or retired New York City police uh, police officers. And, and the ones and the ones answering the phone are actually uh. They call the hotline and leave a they leave a uh, answer on the answer machine. We're we're on call twenty four hours, so we get we'll get once every six weeks. I'll be on call for twenty four hours. I have a backup. We get it in the middle of the night. We get beeped. We call that uh, number. We get the message. I reach out right to the person who's calling, and we try to get him help. Sometimes, thank God, it's, it's about venting, um, and sometimes it's uh, really serious. And when we get into this uh, stigma of it, um, a lot of times on my job or all jobs, they're afraid to ask for help because they everybody say you on. I don't know. Hold on. I got they all hit me up on my thing. Yeah, I'm on. I guess we're going to share it later. But um, they're afraid. And they're afraid that something could happen if, they, if they're having a bad day. And it's not that way. It, it's come a long way, my police department. All police departments are coming to the modern day that there's help out there. We don't, we don't want anybody to hurt, it, uh, hurt themselves. So I, I tell everybody, 11 years ago, um, I went through the worst of the worst in my life. I went through a personal hardship, divorce, a professional uh, setback. And then I, my mother died at the same time. And I found myself in a situation where um, it's sink or swim. I had two beautiful children. I'm getting divorced. And my, my ex wanted to split them up. My son came with me. Uh, it's weird, but he was 13 years old. I had, to, I had to swim. And at that moment in my life, I, I didn't know I could do it. You know, I had no one really to lean on at, at the beginning. Um, it was myself. And I realized that God has a, a message for all of us. And God puts us through it. So now what I tell everybody, through the years, now it's 2011, I mean, 2021, 11 years later, I realized that I'm glad I went through that cir circumstances. I wish I could, I don't want to go through it again, but I'm glad God chose me because I'm able to help people now, help the people that are broken, lost, abandoned, like I was, the lighthouse. And the biggest thing is I lost a lot of friends off the job, family members off the job of suicide, but I lost some coworkers that were high rank, higher ranking than me or peers at the same rank or, or lower that I knew very well that took their life. And I always wondered, they, they know what I do. They watch my show, motivational. And they always came to me, but at the end, they, 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 try to, they try to avoid the light. And I always question myself, you know, should I see a sign? And I'll get into that later about the signs, but uh, sometimes we can have a sign, but sometimes it, it's mixed. And then there's a lot of signs together where it's a lot easier to pick up when it's more than one you know, uh, met the uh, sign that people go through. A warning, you know. So, I, I lost recently. I have to tell you this: a couple of years ago, a Chief was a very close friend of mine. Um, he was retiring, he took his own life, and uh, I do a show. His sister follows me, and everybody's very happy with that. And I mean, they follow. It's a family, my show. But I just lost a friend, an inspector uh, that I knew for a long time, he took his own life on an active, active member of service, and NYPD. And, and, and every time, it takes a piece of you. 
when you do pop, it takes a piece of you to help everybody. But when you lose somebody you know, it takes a little piece of you every time. But we that's why you do your show. And that's why I do, I'm here to help. You know, and if, if, if I'm not mistaken, you know, 30-year career, you know, it's still active, you know, NYPD. So that 30-year career, you were a part of 9-11. Am I correct? Or do you want to yeah. talk about that? I mean, does that bother you to talking about that? Or, you know, because speaking of the suicide awareness and everything else too. A lot of people don't realize the trauma. It's, you can't even really put words on it. I mean, you, you know, we've seen it from home TV and a lot of people seen it from home TV, nine 11, when that, when that happened, they brought, you know, surrounding States asked for support and things like that to come in. But, you know, still it's the, the actual impact of being there and seeing, you know, fellow brothers and sisters, you know, out, even the civilians and things as well. But it had to have played a major, major role, not even just then. You know, it's things like that that, you know, get carried through time. So during your time in, so, I mean, is that something that today that still keeps you ready for like preparedness or, you know, trying to help others in kind of dealing with trauma? So I remember that day very vividly. I had the afternoon election duty in New York that day. It was a beautiful, beautiful day in New York. Um, I, wa I watched it on TV in the beginning, and then I knew something was going on. I ran into work. And what I can tell you is 9-11, it lives in everybody. What I remember mostly besides the, the pain is the, everybody came together which in this world right now is unfortunately a lot of divide, divisiveness. But I'll tell you, that day I went in, uh, they mobilized us all. And you know what was funny is where it happened, I was I was working in Brooklyn, uh, and uh, it was like right by the bridge, right there. It would have been right in it. And my, I was, that had the afternoon election, dude. I would have been over there with my my boss who ran the community, the precinct that day. Uh, but he had the afternoon, so I came in with him. And I came in early, otherwise I would have been over there. Like a lot of my friends went into the building before they even knew what was going on. And let me tell you, when I demobilized and they held us because they, they were worried, everybody was, you know, disappeared. They couldn't find a lot of people. It was chaos down there. They held and mobilized us to go in. So we were in Brooklyn Navy Yard, right across the water. You can see every, the, the fire. And then when we go in there, uh, to tell you something, to tell someone, it was like a, a surreal, it was a movie studio. I'm standing on a, a mountain where the buildings used to be and it's not there. And everybody's frantic because we all believe we can help someone. Someone's buried out there. And we all, you know, everybody's coming in. We're hoping we hear Mayday. Um, you can't find them. You can't find the firemen. You couldn't find the cop. Uh, it was when I say surreal, it was surreal. But I, what I what I take from it, um, I lost some friends that I, I knew very well, and I lost some people that were born in my neighborhood that were firemen. And uh, what I could tell somebody is this, um, people were heroes that day. And when I would talk about it, I, I'll talk about world, uh, you know, towers down there, but there were heroes in the Pentagon, there were heroes in Shanksville on the plane, there were heroes that day that you never know. And what I tell you about the first responders, what I tell you about police officers, firemen, everybody, and the people that were down there, I when 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 it comes to call to save people, that's what we do. And and the people that were leaving the building, they were trying to save each other too. And that's the best of the best of humanity. I can tell someone. So what do we take from it? Um, 
besides anniversaries, you got a lot of pictures we look at. But you go every once in a while, you go back to that place, you visit it, and 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 uh, you just think about the pile that people were there and they're gone. And uh, you think about the frantic, and you think about coming home all full of dust. I go to every year 9/11. I got to go to my doctor's appointment in December again in Mount Sinai. Now we, we all worry, you know, is it is your is your turn to get you know because it's still taking lives after this. So what I got to tell somebody is. Um, leaders were born that day, but there were heroes all around, angels. You know, angels, men and women working that went into a building, and men and women and, and people that were, worked that in that building. They didn't have to. They didn't even have to. Didn't even have to. And there's people in that building that had to go down all these floors. And I'll tell you this: the worst thing about it, I, I would say, um, by the time we got down there, it was the bodies weren't dropped. You know, they already dropped, but. Uh, Hearing the mate over the radio and uh, watching it later on, oh, man, that that's I tell you what takes me to the bad back to a bad time is just watching the people, you know, just jump jumping out, jumping out the windows oh, because there's a better option than burning to death. And uh, uh, chaplain judge, uh, he passed away. He was on the scene, and there's videos of him. There's a documentary 9/11. He's a fire department chaplain, and he was walking in there, and when they moved out, a body fell on top. He died, and it carried him. It was just crazy. When I got down there, you know, the vehicles were destroyed by uh, the buildings, but they were destroyed by bodies too. And um, wow. it's something that, you know, I, I would say these the military, God bless the military, the men and women, that they, they see that when they go into combat, they see it. And uh, I would say it was the closest to real combat that I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but for somebody um, – you don't want to be there. And I just say thank you to everybody that responded. Thank you for everybody. Afterwards, thank you for all, all the people that support law enforcement, that support first responders, the firemen, the military, the corrections, all the court officers, the fire, EMS. The, uh, I miss this. All first responders in the military, I, I'm glad that this world majority supports uh, the men and women that put a uniform on and, or go, go to serve the country, not knowing if they're going to come home later on. But not knowing they're coming their family. Well, another thing too that you know when we talk about trauma, you know, it's one thing to see the carnage; it's one thing to see another individual die. Okay, but you know, with first responders, you know, another trauma that gets stacked on top of that is that we always play in our mind of what we could have done that maybe could have prevented their passing, and that in itself is such a trauma that. You know, again, you know, the citizen sector, civilian sector doesn't really kind of grasp that aspect of it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's tragic seeing somebody die and the things you go through. But that that mind screw that what could I have done to have pulled them from this or, you know, because and then now you say you got double the trauma. And now every instance past that is kind of like the hyper vigilance, if you will, as far mm -hmm. as, you know, tr you know, because trying to make right because you're blaming yourself even if even though it was out of your control you know we still do that self-blaming that you know it's my fault that this happened you know so i mean how much of that um do you yourself i mean have you did you yourself ever experience that of hey maybe if i would have been in this you know section that i could have done something or you know because that's a big trauma that a lot of people don't like to admit number one 
That's why you and I are having this discussion. And then two, that it's carried. Cause I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, how do you overcome that? I mean, yeah, it's easy to tell ourselves, Oh, I, I couldn't have done nothing, but the reality oh. of that trauma is so heavy. It's. Well, I'll tell you this is uh, a few years ago. And then, uh, with trauma, I I'll say that, that, that lingers, but I'll tell you what hurts more when you, when you steal it is when a MOA, an officer called the OA radio 1013. And I'll tell you a couple of years ago, I responded the next morning, but just missed I me mean, for a couple hours, but I was a duty inspector working in the Bronx and uh, detective Brian Mokeen was killed in the line of duty, was shot. Um, I responded. Uh, at the moment it was chiefs above me, but I'm, I'm handling the crime scene, I'm handling the offices. And I wanna tell you, when you see men and women, grown men and women, when you have to go back to that work with them, they lost them and go back who responded on the scene watch an officer die and they take him to the hospital and then you have to talk to him uh and that's where god comes to me um i would tell you i went back that was probably the toughest part of my job going to see men and women uh it could be my son it could be my sons and daughters coming the same age and i'm coming in to talk to them that they just lost a, a, a brother uh was shot and killed in a line of duty and to talk to everybody and watch grown men and women cry and listen to me when God speak to me to give so little. And I tell you, that was probably the hardest. And that's what I say. Um, sometimes when you we, we handle something, it could have been a minute earlier, could have been a minute second later, could have been 30 seconds this way. Could I could I have been there? Could we have went right instead of left to go into it? And then we, you know, it's God's plans how we how it goes. And uh, some people get out of it. They, they, they some people get it. And uh, and what I tell my officers is that you know um, they never give up because every day we put on a uniform, every day you get out of bed, you're a hero. Everybody and I do my show. I tell everybody every day you get out of bed. We don't know what someone's battling, and and it, when I do my show, it's for everybody. Everybody's battling the battle we don't even know. And the mere fact you can get out of bed, you won already. The mere fact if you can get to the bathroom and take a shower finally or bath, you won already. The mere fact that you could get something in your stomach, you ate something, you won already. I mean, if I go out the front door, you won already. But we we don't see that. Emma McRaven, you know, make your bed, that whole speech in that book, you know what I mean? It's just that, hey, I did this. I accomplished something, you know, so. I, I, and you're right. You brought him up. That's, that's a perfect scenario. And it, everybody, what is he saying? Like you say, he accomplished something. It gives you structure, but it gives you something to look forward to. So I got that task. And when we talk about mental depression sometimes, if we give if you give people like something to look forward to, like a, a, a schedule, sometimes they get through the, the sadness, the pressure a little quick because they look forward to they don't have to get this done. They don't have to be here at this time and they have to go here and go there. And uh, I tell everybody, you know, um, my profession, but all every everybody out there, you never know what someone's battling. Um, you know, Robin Williams is the funniest guy in the world, one of the best comedians, but he battled a serious illness, depression, and no one knew. Everybody and, and one of the things though too is like, you know, a lot of times we kind of take things for granted. And I'm glad you brought that specific individual up and his career about how it's hidden because you know a lot of us mask pain with smiles and laughs and like knowing that he committed suicide or knowing things like that. And you go back and you look at the movies that he did and you look at like some of the different interviews like years before. And he was stating about how he would never take a role that he himself couldn't relate to. So then when you go back and you look at those movies, it puts it in a whole new light that even though it was a script written up by some writer, directed by some director, 
it was still, and that's why he played those roles with so much emotion, so much passion is because he really related to that. So a lot of those roles were depressed or really going through something because it was a self-relation to himself. And the same thing with, you know, the men and women first responders is that, you know, they see so much and family and friends, they should start being more attentive to that. I mean, you don't want to be too pressured on them, but sometimes you have to be direct and, you know, blatantly ask somebody that, you know, Hey, is something bothering you? You know, I, I really don't think that that happens enough. I'm not trying to blame or discourage any kind of like, you know, family of first responders, but I, I just implore, you know, to be more active. I know a lot of times, you know, as first responders, you know, all oh, nothing's bothering me, everything's fine, but you should be able to have those, you know, pay attention to the signs, the littlest things and things like that. And I'm going to be, you know, speaking with Steve here shortly about, you know, different signs or things to look for or ways to approach, you know, your, your significant other or family or friend just to make sure. And I mean, because, you know, you don't have to be an officer. You don't have to be EMT. You don't have to be a first responder to do a buddy check. You know, I mean, anybody can do a buddy check, you know, check on individuals, make sure they're all right, because every day that a uniform is put on and they go into work, trauma is experienced. Trust and believe that. So. Perfect. And like when I talk to you, like when I do my show, so I don't know the impact I have. And I really, I still don't get know it, but I, I hear a lot of time I'll get uh, emails in the inbox, uh, Facebook or, or someone will tell me, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You don't know how many people you're helping. And I, and again, I always say, you know, God helps. We just try to um, give hope. And when I do my show, it's about faith, hope, inspiration, mental health awareness. And the second half, I get very happy. I do music. I do interact with the audience. And we do virtual vacation with my DJ, Brian. And we move people to make them leave happier. But I'll tell you this. Um, God's, a lot of ways we talk about it, but the broken, I always, there was a thing about crayons. Broke, even broken crayons still can draw beautiful pictures. And a lot of people realize that, you know, life's about uh, disappointment at times, failures, regrets, heartache. But also life's about triumph, getting back off the canvas, never giving up. And what I state on my show all the time is never give up. No matter how dark it is, you can't give up. There's always a lifeline out there. You could reach out. And I'll say these two stats I tell every show. 85% of people that want to, uh, to take their life only want to stop the pain. They don't want to die. So right there, 85% of people, if you can interact with them and get them help, they want to live. They don't want to stop the pain, the broken record. And then there's 80 to 90% of people with um, who suffer from serious depression with therapy and medication can get help. So 80 to 90% of people with therapy and medication can get help. And remember, 85% of people only want to stop the pain. They don't want to die. So there's hope. And I always talk about the young, the young man that jumped off the Brooklyn, um, Georgia, Golden State Bridge. And he, <laughs> that's a good story. <laughs> and he survived. He survived. And all he said, the people walking by, he wanted one person to stop and ask him. And one person said, take a picture. And they said, how are you? And I always say, if you ask somebody, you walk in the room and say, hey, how are you? They'll talk. If people talk. They just want someone to know that they still matter. They still care. And well, you know, that's one of the one of the big things that I push is kind of like almost like a, a tagline with me is that or a conversation because it, it kind of sickens me, but it, it's, I'm blunt about a lot of things. And I point out 
you know, the infallibles that we all have, but it's that, you know, how we just in it, we, we keep it generalized to where, you know, we pass hundreds of people every day. We really don't like conceptualize it or anything else like that. But I don't care if it's the grocery store, the gas station, anywhere you go, your place of employment. And then we just pass individuals and in passing, Hey, how you doing today? The moment an individual would stop and say, Oh my God, Steven, I'm glad you asked me this. It's, it's been like, you start looking at that watch, like, Oh, Hey, I got to be over here. And it's like the, you know, we're asking individuals that question, which is a question. But the moment that somebody's really wanting to convey to you an issue or something that you could have ultimately saved their life, you know, looking at it, the extreme aspect of it, we run from it. And, and that is sickening when you think about it, you know, to where we all ha we all have the ability to make a difference in somebody else's life, regardless of what we're going through. You know, that may be that that thing we got to do today was, hey, I saved somebody's life or just not even saved it, but made it better. But, you know, if you turned somebody's depression into a smile for 10 minutes, you save their life for 10 minutes, regardless of how you look at it, you know, so. And, and you know, you don't even realize, you know, everybody's a far skunk. And what I say is everybody has a story. If you just listen, everybody has a story. Everybody's through. And you know what I, I believe? And I, I, you're very genuine. I can tell right away. But a lot of people watch my, my show or, or they interact with me in public because I'm genuine. I speak from the heart. I have no problem in showing my flaws that what I've been through. But I also show how I got off the canvas and how you can never stop moving forward. And what a lot of people want, and I'll say this, you ask me, what's the science? I can t I'll tell you very simply, I made up myself, is a body. Look at, it, look at yourself in the mirror, right? You want to know what serious depression is, right? You know what anxiety is? We all have anxiety. The night we sleep in bed, you can't sleep. You look at the mirror, the ceiling, you're what? You can't, everything's going through your head. Lionel Richie's playing a song, dancing on the ceiling, make believe. <laughs> you know, but anxiety lives in the back of your brain. I call it the attic. The attic of your mind. 85% of your mind can solve everything. 15% the attic. It's like a holiday. Let's put the Halloween. Let's put the Christmas tree up. The attic controls your whole mind. So the anxiety lives there. So you look at your head. What's serious depression? What could be is anxiety. It lives in your head. Then you got heartache, heartbreak, hopelessness, and helplessness. It's in your heart. The Tin Man. All right, the Tin Man. You want the brain? You got the carry line. That anxiety. You want the heartache, heartbreak, hopelessness, helplessness. It lives in your heart, and that's where broken hearts. And now your brain and heart don't get along. And then we have guilt and grief. It lives in your gut, your stomach. Look in the mirror. You gain weight a lot quickly, or you lose weight quickly from serious depression. And the last thing is when you look in the mirror, and your isolation. And you add them all together because you look in the mirror, you don't see no one else for yourself. You isolate yourself. So you could be seriously depressed, be in a room right now with a thousand people. If you've got anxiety in your head, heartbreak, helplessness, hopelessness in your heart, and you have guilt and grief in your gut, and you're isolating where the lights are on, no one's home, Robin Williams, cruise control. You get the point A to point B, you don't know how to get there. And that, in a nutshell, for that, for the real warnings, I can give you, you know, uh, if you drink, if you drink too much. Uh, you drink too much alcohol, beer, anything. You drink to get up. You drink to go to lunch. You drink to, in the afternoon. You drink to go to sleep. Or you take prescription medicine. Too much. If you lose things, uh, you lose uh, what you would like to do. You stop doing what you like to do. You lose interest in uh, maybe you're going bowling every week with your friends, going to church, uh, going uh, paint night, wine sip, whatever you do, and you stop going. That's another sign. You know, you add them all together, it becomes a big, right now, one thing, one here, maybe not. You don't guess. Then you got the, 
you know, isolation. The people that don't answer the phone, don't answer the door, can't get in touch with them, the voicemail and the inbox, you have to pay a visit to them. All right? But when you add these things together and then you have people that want to uh, think about suicide. And that's all you, you wind up. They Google everything, how to die. They talk about it nonstop. There's another sign. And then you have uh, people that, um, you know, very agitated, very high strung, maybe, but more than three days, maybe seven days or 10 days straight. They can't get out, out of that feeling. There's something about them. But when you add them all together, it becomes a hurricane of, uh, of grief. And, you know, and then it, it, a lot of times they're giving stuff away. That's a big sign. So, you know, or they're telling you, if anything happens to me, look in my uh, drawer. I got the will there. I got the this here. I got that. It's the planet, you know. And you're like, well, where are you going? You know, that's the question you got to ask. And I, and I tell everybody, when I'm trained to do Papa, and, and, and now what could you do to stop this? There's many things. You don't have to be pre trained, but you have to have two ears and one mouth. A lot of time when people are talking, you got to listen. And then when they get a pause, you jump in. But you can't be judgmental. You can't shame them. You can't say, oh, is that all you're going through? I'm going through A, B, and C. You're only going through A. Because that A, whatever they're going through, could be the worst thing in their life, and it's drowning them. And then you got to give them hope. That's what my show's about. Hope is things will get better, can get better. So you don't have to be professionally trained. And then you're going to stay there, and you're going to listen to them, and you're going to get them help. All right? But the word, you have to ask them, for anybody out there watching this show, or will watch this show, and it's something we hate doing, but we have to do when we do pop-up. You have to ask them one question. Do you want to kill yourself? You're not do you want to hurt yourself because a lot of people want to hurt themselves by not eating, uh, by uh, not getting sleep. I can hurt myself, bang my head against it. No, you have to ask them, do you want to kill yourself? And then you have to tense up and listen. And if they say yes, then we have it. You got to get over there. If they're on the phone, you got to talk to them, keep on the phone. If you're in, if you're in the house with them, you got to look for anything that can hurt them, uh, cut themselves or pills or belts, and we're going to stay with them. And you're going to stay with them, and you're going to make appointments with them to get help. And if it means you have to go pick them up, you're going to get them. But you got to give them hope, not to give up. Not And you're going to ask them, why today? Why not? Why Why today you want to throw in the towel? Yeah, why and, and then earlier when I made that comment about, you know, family and friends of first responders and military about being direct, that's what, I'm, that's what I was getting at. And you said it perfect right there. It's just that, you know, sometimes and sometimes we have to come out of our comfort zone to bring them back to theirs, you know, and being that direct. It, it'll click, you know, it'll open that attic door in the back of their mind, as you beautifully put it, to where it's the, if somebody's being asked directly like that, they're going to start thinking about the signs that they've been conveying to their loved ones. You know, they're, oh my, why would you even ask me that? You know, because then it's going to actually start to get them thinking and maybe open up about some of the, the baggage or how filled that attic is, you know? So, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up and I'm glad you put it in the perspective that you did. Cause I mean, that's beautifully put. And it's just that, I mean, hope is what gets an individual to crawl out of bed that day. You know, it really is. So, well, I'll tell you that for me. So, when I was in my lowest of lows, you know, it's something to get you out. So, I would say, like, when we talk about Joseph in the Bible, he was thrown into the well um, by his brothers. They're going to kill him. Then they sold him to slavery. God, God put a greed into the bro one brother. He said, no, 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 let's make money. And then he was uh, did the right thing, thrown into the dungeon, never gave up. So, what I tell you, the well of depression, we all go there. Sometimes we never get out. But sometimes we get out and we realize we got out. We always know how to get out. So what, what helped me a lot when I went in my darkest times, I like to read, you know, the Bible. I like to read Mitch album. I like to make, read Max Licato. He talks about faith, motivation. Awesome. 
nice cut. So I, I, I know where the faith is a big thing. So a lot of people, when I deal with them, they tell me they had a lot of faith that right now they stopped. And I try to tell them, go back to reading a little. Whatever you get, you got to read, read the Bible. If it's faith-based what you read, please go back to doing it. And I realize every time we're at the darkest, lowest point, really, they give up with the faith part. That was, like, that, that was the last stumbling block. And I, I always say that we battle ourselves. I wrote something about being a boxer in life. And there's two things when we battle ourselves. One, the greatest foe we fight every day in our life is life. That's the champion we fight as a boxer, everybody. But we don't fight life every day. The one we fight every day, we shadow box. We box ourselves, And a lot of times, we beat ourselves up unnecessarily. And ourselves know us better. They want to break even, but we let them knock us out. And what happens a lot of times, before you get in battle life, we beat ourselves down with guilt, grief, regrets, the inner tattoos we wear that no one else sees. When we go in the mirror, they pop out. And I tell everybody, you know, you got to have – you got to have faith. You got to have, but you got to have gratitude. Every day we get up is a new day, a new beginning, a new day of redemption, a new day to start over, a new day to say, I'm sorry, a new day to ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness. And it's a, it's a, it's a gift from God because we don't know how many days we have. And I tell everybody that because a lot of time, one good day, one good day could get you off the, 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 the teetering of, uh, I want to stay in this world, depression. Maybe I, I want to check out. Selfish. So, I try to push everybody to go forward, positivity, to never give up, you know, and, and uh, that's what we do. But as, you know, suicide, the 10th million cause of death in the United States. That's when you actually, actually last year, last year, it was the leading cause of death. There was 47,184 suicides just last year alone. And that is insane. And then when you look at the numbers of the first responders that are a part of that statistic, it, it's, it's breathtaking. It's sad. And it's just that, you know, we as civilians, we as brothers and sisters of the first responders need to do more. We really do. I mean, it, it, that's not asking too much for us to do a buddy check on our family, our friends or, you know, fellow brothers and sisters. So when you brought right before about first responders, we take it with us. So part of it is um, we survive this guilt. You take a lot of it, you see death every day, uh, military, and then you wonder why, why, how come you're here and they're not. And you well, think about and, it. Well, another thing, too, is I'm glad you brought up, you know, just that conversation we just got done having about, you know, the books you read and about the hope and everything else, too, because another, like with Max Licato. But, you know, another great one, too, and I use this as a point of reference when, you know, I speak to individuals for like the suicide awareness prevention and everything else that Rick Warren wrote a book, The Purpose oh. Driven Life. And when that is the biggest, I think, the conundrum that, you know, we as first responders, when... We go in because, you know, that purpose is that I want to help individuals. I want to save individuals. I want to make the community for my family, myself, everything else, a better place to be. And that's my purpose. But in the in the line of work, when you're faced and, and you got to figure law enforcement, you're dealing with what the bottom three, five percent of society every day. So and then seeing that you take an optim, you know, you can go into the career, you know, having the purpose, having the passion. And being optimistic, what you see in the trauma and the tragedies day in and day out, it can turn that optimist into a pessimist, which actually feeds into that to where a lot of individuals, you know, we fall opposite of our purpose because we try to, we, we don't 
because we have to feed our passions. We have to feed our purpose. And then when we're seeing that every day, a lot of times we question ourselves. Like you just said, survivor's guilt and that survivor's guilt. Like you just said, I I think that survivor's guilt is one of the biggest constraints or a noose that is, is strung around our purpose and our passions, you know? So you brought about feeding optimism, pessimistic. So I always tell a story that's about the two wolves. All right. So an old Cherokee grandfather was telling his grandson, and he says, grandfather, about two wolves that live inside of us. And he says, which one wins? Well, there's a dark wolf that, you know, is anger, is bitterness, jealousy. It's it's um, giving up. It's everything bad. And then the, the white wolf or the gray wolf, whatever, the different wolf, he lives in us. And that's hope. That's happiness. That's looking out for each other. And that's, that's getting, you know, forgiveness. And a young grandson asked, her, well, which one wins? And he says, whichever one you feed the most. And when you said about that is, if you feed yourself more positivity, we're going to be positive. You feed ourselves negativity, we're going to stay negative. If we feed ourselves just a little bit of gratitude every day, we will get out of that to be more like the wolf that's positive. And that's the, when you brought that up about who you feed, I always go back to that story about the native uh, grandfather, native Cherokee grandfather, that telling his grandson, you know, there's two wolves in us, you know, and they're at war each other. And that's, he's great, like, that's great. And I love, I, I love that. And it's just the, it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, and, then, and, then, and then again, that's why, you know, I always go back to because I truly believe that the first step in awareness, the first step in prevention is that in of our families, our friends, our fellow brothers and sisters in law enforcement, uh, first responders in general, military, you know, to where it's just that you, you have to revive that positivity. You know, when somebody's just had the days that they have, I mean, it's just the, because again, going back to what I was saying, as far as the, how we generalize the question that, Oh, Hey, Steven, how's your day going today? Oh, let's go. Oh, but I had this thing. Oh, look at the time, you know? And, and it's that same sense to where just like we ask somebody, Hey, you know, how you doing today? You know, when you come home and the spouse, significant other, family, friend, or whatever the case may be, oh, how'd your day go? It becomes so programmed sometimes to where, you know, the answer may be the same every day, but hey, is it really? There has to be that extra dig to actually, you know, kind of find out and clean that attic out. I mean, we have to go into our attics every now. I love that analogy that you brought up. I mean, that's perfect. You know, sometimes we have to dust the attic. The attic collects a lot of dust, you know, so... No. But what I was th- thinking, when we battle, you know, life's like a, a seesaw, you know, is the highs, you go up, and the lows. And sometimes, I don't know, it's the same weight on each person, it stays in the middle. And so I always tell everybody, there's three kind of days, thumbs up, which is a great day, thumbs in the middle, which is okay day, and thumbs down, which is a bad day. And it's okay to have a lot of thumbs in the middle day. That's a good day. You know, you got two good days there. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle. If you have too many thumbs down day, you need to find someone to talk to. You know, talk to someone you trust. Talk to a therapist. Talk to somebody in religious field you want to talk to. You talk talk to someone. You're not alone. When you when you realize whatever you're going through, a lot of people are going through the same thing in this world. And I always say this. Another thing I, I have to leave with when I talk about this is that we're more alike. Everybody out there battling a battle. If you look at it, if you ask everybody, you cut them open, they bleed red. All right? We're all the same. 
in one way, um, you know, God, Jesus, God made us different. We don't look you know, in his likeness, but not like each other. So we're rare diamonds. But we're all the same because we all worry about death, disease, uh, children, family, worrying about work, paying bills. We all got the same fears. So once you get to know that, we all can lean on each other. Some people rather not get caught up in it because they're going through something else. But I realize even when I'm going through something else, uh, that I have time to talk to somebody. You know, in the back of my mind, I say, okay, all right, you're helping them, you're helping them. And I stay there and listen. Um, and then sometimes I need to unplug. And I tell that to everybody, it don't mean you're, 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 you're not being there. But sometimes, like a char charge a cell phone, uh, electric, to put plug it in, we need to unplug sometimes. Stay away from TV, social media, just to recharge yourself. Maybe you had a bad day, maybe you're going through a lot. And sometimes you, we don't want to talk to everybody, and that's okay. But you, you can't do it too many days like that. But you need to unplug and recharge yourself. That's the most important thing. You know, and that's the thing, though, too. And it's just like, you know, simple things, too. Like nature's a great healer that a lot of people don't take advantage of. I mean, you look at parks. Like when I grew up, my <laughs> my time, my generation, when I grew up, the parks were filled. Go to a park nowadays. You know, it's I mean, it's free enjoyment for the family. It's serenity. It's tranquility. It's everything combined beauty. But it's like nobody's taking advantage of that. And sometimes just a, you don't have to be a walker, a hiker or anything like that. But sometimes just that stroll in the park or just go and sit or, you know, go do lunch with a friend or something like that. You know, I mean, a buddy check or take your lunch there or just. I mean, you like you just said, I mean, it's, you keep bringing up so many great points. That's why I wanted to have you on here. You're genius. But it's the. You bring up self care right there. The park, nature. It's a lot of things. And when they teach, like, you know, self care, you know, whatever makes you happy, do it. If it's going to the spa, if you want to get your nails done, if, it, if it's, uh, you know, uh, go walking, exercising, if it's painting, you, you have to give yourself. Uh, they, they love meditation. Uh, I, I can't do it. I tried it a couple of times. I fell asleep, but it, it, it's a meditation. Yoga is another thing you could do. There's little things, whatever gives you happiness. You could, you look forward to doing self-care because, and I'll I tell you this, cause so I read this one time and it's great. If I asked you to list everything that you love, right? How long would you ever, or how long would it take to say yourself? And there's should the, answer. Should be the first answer. That's your first answer. No, I'm saying it, sh it should be an individual's first answer. If you, if you, that's a, that's a great. I'm glad you brought that up because if you ask somebody, they want a good quality about yourself. Yeah, but people we don't stutter and stammer over the words. It's like uh, I'm a, I'm a good talker. It's like I say this for first responders, military. We do it for everybody. If someone came to you, if a child need help, would you help them? Of course. If a stranger need help, would you help? Of course. If an elderly lady needs to be walked across the street, would you help? Of course. Then why can't you help yourself? And helping yourself is asking for help. A stronger person. It's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of strength to ask for help. Stigma is gone. Mental, mental health is number one. Depression is 50%. Like I say, 50 million people have it. Suffers more common. And some people say, nah, I've never said it. I tell someone, if you're not said 365 days, at least one day in that whole year, or you didn't have a setback or anything. I want to know what you you have. Follow it up and let's put it out there for everybody else because it's impossible. We all have a bad day. We all have a setback. We all get the bad news sometimes, a call, a disappointment. But we always know how to bounce back into the game. 
And that's what we do. Like a duck, the water rolls off the back. Eventually, sometimes a duck goes underwater. We can't be like a duck. They always say be like a duck, the water goes off the back. I agree. But you don't want a duck going underwater when they go underwater for what? Because then we do myself. So I agree. But sometimes, and I just got to say this, why watch my show? If you've never seen me watching the show, and for everybody, for everybody that watches my show, or will watch it later on in this interview when I share on my page, Mike's a great guy. I'm definitely going to come back in. His heart's in my place. I want you to support him too. But for people who would never watch my show, I do have it on YouTube, Keeping It Real with Stephen Michael. That's it. I have it on Facebook, Keeping It Real with Stephen Michael page. When I do my show, Stephen Moriel, every Wednesday night, live 7 o'clock. Why do you want to watch this show? I'll tell you why. Because Wednesday, you get this. You get this and Did you say Wednesday? Did you Wednesday, say Wednesday? 7 o'clock Eastern time, live. And then when I do my big shows, it's every two months, three months. I do a live from Paradise Studios. That's a Saturday night. I have live music. All first responders played for me. I had La Hara Band, all uh, police officers, NYPD. Very good. I had uh, Makia Brown, a ceremony unit, police officer, NYPD. She, she sang. I had Greg Mackey. He's a commander in the NYPD. He sang Billy Joel and Elton John. I do all first responders uh, for a reason. They're great. I got a lot of talent. And I like to do the show, build it up with, uh, with that. And we talk. And I bring a lot of guests when I do it. You know, I have a lot of good guests I want to send your way, I think, because it's a great experience that I brought on my show that, that the husband might have committed suicide. In I'd like me. to do a duality with you as well, too, and because you know, we can have up to, uh, besides ourselves, so we can actually have eight more guests that we can converse and everything else, too. And I'm going to actually provide you my StreamYard account because then you can actually do a share screen. And provide some of the different statistics and stuff like that I'll as well. I'll be with you anytime. I'll be partners with you, but I just can't do it Wednesday night. I got my, my thing. But I definitely want to – I would love to, to combine your Boca Raton. Give me somewhere to look forward to. Florida, me and my wife. And you can come to New York. They look forward to here. But I, I definitely would like it uh, because you, you're doing great work. You got. I, I watched a lot. You do it for military. You do it for everybody. I like a show is for everybody because everybody battles depression. Uh, but you do great work out there. You got a good heart. You're a genuine person. And I believe in like this. I'll give it. I'll leave it like this. There's people out there that watch my show. Um, my my DJ says shoot, friend. But there's some people I I play nice in the sandbox. I like to push everybody. Other people. There's some shows out there that uh, they look at me as a threat. I don't know why. Cause I don't get paid to do this. I ain't asked for money. I do this out of kindness of my heart. I give viewers, but they come for me. And I always laugh. I don't know why. Because you know people know genuine. You don't have to tell yourself. They know with the truth, and, and and that's why I believe. When every time you talk, I watch other videos. You're very good. You talk from the heart, uh, and uh, you're a genuine person, and I, I appreciate that. I just so good. So I would love to do a show with you, but I tell you why Wednesday night, seven o'clock for me. When we do it, it's every it's the what they say hump day, right? The middle of the week, hump day. And there's days I don't want to. I went away on vacation with the family to Arizona, and I went live four p.m. out there, seven here. People go. They want to watch the show. And I realized, like, I have my uh, DJ Brian. He plays music, and I and, I, and I, like we talk heavy. And the last thirty minutes, they all have a good time. And why my show, and why I want to build up a show with you, is because it's family. Everybody watch. Most of the people watch my show know each other. They they interact every week. They look forward. They make networking. They love it. And I love to do live studio shows. So that's another thing I'm looking forward to doing live. I like Streamyard, but again, one day I'm gonna come down there. The fly, I like to do live with you. And once you come here, I like live. I like an yes, audience. And, and that's, that's what this is, is like the live. And it's the, I'm going to have to start putting more instructions on there 
because again, you know, the, the reason I do this is for the engagement. They don't know how to get on. They do my live studio show. They drive me crazy. I'm about to go on live. How do we get on? I have the links. They used to this popping up. They don't. Want, they have to push on it, and now you're on it. They don't want to do with Facebook because it's even though it's live on Facebook. You know how like Facebook has its own live. I guess the connection between like Streamyard, like that's like what Courtney just uh you know commented about the the self care is important. You know they ha they have to go on there and comment at the bottom, but they may have to like grant StreamYard access to their profile just so that they can show the name on here. I've seen your, I've seen your videos. I see the 473 plus, you know, comments to where people are engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like. Because, and when I do a studio audience, I'm going to tell you. So you, you like country music? I, I love all genres. I, I, love I, all I, I follow the meaning of the music. You know what I mean? The Mavericks? Yes. Yes. You heard the Mavericks? The country group, all right. When they're coming around New York, I'm trying to get on my show the 15th of December. I'm trying. Uh, freestyle, Judy Torres, I've been trying to work with George Lamont and all them. I'm trying to get – I do first response, but I'm trying to get uh, – this way they give, they get to push themselves out there, but I get people that make self a mental health awareness in their, in their fields that see us and maybe come to us now and then for help and, or they, positivity and they go for help on their therapy. I like to somehow – you know, there's people out there have a voice, and you would be surprised. I like the, uh, believe it or not, the NFL. I think it was they had a commercial about everybody that suffers with depression, and I seen one with the celebrity. But like, and you know what? I like that because you let your guard down. You tell the truth. We all go through it. We all suffer. We all been in that champion. We all been in the well. We all been there, and we all could go there. And that's the thing I have to tell you about depression. We could go there anytime. That's a that's a well that calls your name. It's like the siren. On the rocks, the previous boat, and you get shipwrecked. But it calls your name. But the difference is, once you get out of that well and you beat depression once, you know how to get out of the well again. And that's why I told you. That's why I never give up. Things can be really bad, but the sun eventually comes out. Your redemption comes a day away. Your comebacks a day away. The the dark clouds will be pulled away a day away. Sometimes we give up too easy, and, and sometimes it's a long, like the Bible. You got Moses in the desert forty years. Forty years. Joseph's only in a dungeon three days. Jonah in the whale's belly uh, uh, in three days. And then you got the prodigal son. I don't even know how long he was gone, but he came back and he felt self-doubt. So when I bring that up, I, and I go all over the place, but I bring it up for a reason. It's too easy to give up on ourself and give up on life. And don't do it. There's people out there battling for the last breath. We should never take on life. In fact, we should help each other pick them up off the canvas and let's move forward in life. And we all go down the yellow brick road. It's not always yellow. Sometimes you go through the weeds. Sometimes you go through the mountains. But guess what? We interact. I went right. Someone went left. But there's a way to be back up, down the road. And that's why I always tell everybody. You know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, that's why I always encourage, like, you know, the listeners or just people when I, when I do my speaking, I always tell individuals that you do not understand how much you can change somebody's day by if you see a first responder in public, like, I don't care if it's a gas station, restaurant, whatever the case may be, by just saying thank you. You don't have to explain. You don't have to follow it up with for your service or for everything that you – if you just say thank you, every first responder in the nation, in the world, will know what that thank you is for. And sometimes just that acknowledgement because a lot of times going back to what you and I were talking about earlier with the, you know taking that opti optimist and turning on pessimistic, you know, it's – it, it does do that to where is the that purpose it's reignited because you know a lot of times we know while we're doing things 
but when we don't see the I'm not going to say acknowledgement because we don't do it for pats on the back. Just like, you know, you do your show. I do mine. And we're finally both doing this together. You know, I don't, I don't do it for pats on the back. I don't do it for monetary reasons. It's because I just want individuals to know and understand. And I know you do it the same way because of the passion there that it's just sometimes just that one little thank you. That acknowledgement is key because it's the, it puts that purpose back into their life and it puts that passion you said that perfectly. But I said, what I realized is therapeutic for me too. To help other people and help myself. It's there. When you do this show and you care, and yeah, let me tell you, I, I have a hundred, I'm going to 130 episodes this week. That's a I've lot. That. Congratulations. That's a lot. How do you do it? And you know what? DJ Brian goes crazy because I, I can pick up stuff like this. A lot of times I write my own stuff. And when I do go into the lab, I write my own stuff. It, it, it takes a lot, but I'm, I'm in the middle of finishing a book. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's going to be cool. All my motivational stuff I write. And then, you know what? The problem I realized, I did shirts. And then what happens is people, I feel I feel weird asking people. For, I mean, I have to eventually. But ask you, like, I, got, I make shirts. If it costs me money, that, you know, you want to buy, uh, you know, uh, come to my studio. I pay for the studio myself. I paid it. And, and I, I make, and, and uh, I didn't bring up, I have to bring up. So uh, me, uh, I've been doing the show for a long time, but I had a co-host, Johnny Williams Lawrence. Um, he died June 24th. He's a police officer, died of cancer. He was a co-host. I did nine episodes with Johnny Williams Lawrence. And a lot of times you see my episodes when I have the banner in the back, that's Johnny. All right? Well, I was going to ask you that as we progressed along, because I was going to ask you what that, what that was for. If it was like somebody that like, but. That's, my, that's my co-host. I call my brother. My friend, my co-host, my co-worker from NYPD, he died of cancer. And I dedicate every show. And I'll tell you, here's a man, and I want to tell you about life. Here's a man that had stage four cancer, worked out, helped everybody in a cancer awareness group, helped everybody with Team Body Right, helped people get into shape, came on my show, loved my show because it helped him, but he was helping people, giving strength to keep battling, battling, battling stage four. This guy was the Monday David going against Goliath cancer. And unfortunately, Goliath won, but he didn't really win. He took his body, but he didn't take his legacy, his soul, and he didn't take – he helped so many people. People love him. I did a tribute show not too long ago live from uh, Paradise Studios with his family was there for Johnny. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's a passion for me to do this before – but it's also something to keep the memory going with Johnny Wins Lawrence. He's my, my co-host. It's so tough to have a, you know, he was, whenever he could feel like it, he came on when he, when he every other week he had uh, chemo. So for people out there, he's a guy who can't stay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share my screen real quick. I want to show them your profile and what we're talking about right here, because it's amazing. And you're doing, you're doing that, that tribute and keeping him there with you. It's, it's beautiful. So if everybody can see, if everybody can see my screen right here, uh, let me do this. I figure what, what was the date? So there's his co-host there. This is his 129th episode right here. If you guys tune in, just go to go to his page and you know listen to some of his videos and everything else to his his channel when he goes live. And you know, like he said, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you yeah, I go live on Facebook every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I know a lot of people don't have, like Facebook, don't have it. But then people will go to YouTube. Come watch me on Facebook is a reason. I'll share it on YouTube later on. 
um, when I can. But come watch live, the experience live. You get to see everybody interact, ask questions. Uh, but Johnny, I did an episode just recently, my 100 episode live from Paradise Studios. You'll see it differently on my Facebook page. It'll say Paradise Studios. Um, I think we got over 7,500 views. And that's good with Facebook because they sense you can't share it live after one time. And, uh, and the bottom line is with that one, his actual live video and Johnny was on my 100 episode from that studio when he was, when he was still here. And I have an interview with Johnny and uh, uh, on, on the page. He's talking. So people get to know. I also have other videos when I do with Johnny uh, Williams Lawrence. He's a, a true hero. He gives you a reason to get up in the morning and never give up. For everybody that battles depression, look at Johnny. And Johnny battled it. So when you're battling death, you battle it. And he, and, he, and even on his sickest days, he came to do my show, came through the 100 episode. And he, he confronted, you know, he, he talked to me, he confided in me. But I knew he was his best. But, you know, I was optimistic. I always think we're going to feed everything until, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen. But, uh, He's a hero. He's a he's an he came on in 2001 when the academy uh 9/11 and uh you know he survived by his and his wife Mona uh Mona Lawrence Mona Phillips, Mona Phillips Lawrence he's a, a a sergeant on the NYPD that's his wife and his mother Cheryl who watches my show if you watch my show live you see Cheryl Lawrence you see Mona Lawrence come on you see them all on the screen they all pop up say hello they're part of the family and that's why I say I like to build something, you know, part two, but I have a fan. My show is, it, it, I call it a movement, but it's not a movement because people think it's bad. It's a family. You know, I hear people say, um, my, my, but it, but my, it, is, a, it is a family, but there's no, there's no reason to correct what you just said. I mean, it is a movement, Stephen. It really is. It is a movement that has to happen and it needs to happen on a large, large, large scale. I mean, we're just, I mean, it's an epidemic. I mean, it's safe to say it's an epidemic. I mean, the numbers, you know, again, the civilian sector aren't really exposed to it. The media don't want to promote that part of it, which is insane because it's the most vital part of it is the mental health aspect of it and how many, you know, fallen should have been fallen that could have been prevented by a simple thank you, by asking if they're okay. By, I mean, there's so many different ways. And I, I'm not saying this to have survivor's guilt on, you know, yeah. their spouses, significant others or things like that. But I'm just doing this as the awareness and prevention, because if we are going to prevent these numbers from increasing, which they're increasing every year, we have to do our part and increase the well-being of our first responders by just a simple thank you or a simple conversation about how things are going. I really believe that. Now, Billy Joe had a song, The Stranger, years ago. So about human faces, the mask, right? But the problem is with, with when it comes to serious depression, some people could be the happiest person and be breaking on the inside. So it's not always the one. And some people could be the most miserable person, but now they come to work, yeah, happy, finally say hello to everybody. Like, oh, what's wrong with this person? They checked out. See, sometimes you do a flip-flop. When you're battling yourself, the ones who are really maybe angry, they become happy because they made their mind up. And then the ones... Become happy. You don't even know. You don't know they're broken. I had a. I had a massage on my job. Um, was the happiest person you ever met. Smiled all the time. You never saw her coming. And one day I get a phone call, and I couldn't believe it because every time you saw this person, they were happy. And I was in the beginning stages when I uh, when I started, you know, in my dark times. But before I went to Papa, and I started realizing that you know, um, it's not a. Sometimes it's not easy to tell who's really depressed. Well, who's really seriously depressed? You can see be one of the and one of the things that kind of intensifies 
what I do and why I do what I do, you know, and, you know, some people that know me personally, you know, kind of like know the story and everything too, but, you know, I mean, things happened in my adulthood too, that really, you know, solidified everything, but growing up, I mean, I wanted to commit suicide at 10 years old because of how traumatic and abusive my childhood was from as long as I can remember, you know, and, you know, having that thought of wanting to kill myself at the age of 10, like, going to school or anything else, I was a clown. It was just, you know, I didn't want anybody else to be as miserable as I was, but it was my mask. It was my costume. It was my Halloween every day of the happiness and the laughter and just joking around because it was my only happiness was making a fool of myself and seeing other people. I I wouldn't care if they were laughing at me. At least I knew that somebody was happy. And it's just, you know, that realization that progressed so from the age of 10, I was an addict alcoholic mm. to where it, that was my only emotion. I couldn't feel for you or anybody else unless I was high, drunk or something, you know, and it, and it took many years for me to realize that there were real emotions, you know, so I, I get that part of it. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because it's that I understand that a lot of those smiles, you know, the the eyes supposed to be the entryway to the soul to where, you know, sometimes that no matter if there's a smile there, you know, the, the crunching of the face and, you know, I got the bachelor's in behavior analysis. And that's one of the things that you know, I still study and, you know, keep up on the, those studies because the mannerisms and you said it earlier, as far as the, you know, watching that body, you know, and having the different stages and you putting it like that is perfect because that is the reality of everything. I made that up, I made that up the body, but, I, that's why I say it's therapeutic to show, and and, and and I know it's going to be, you already got the bug, you're helping people, because you know how it is to be broken, lost, abandoned, forgotten about, lost at the anxiety of the ocean, but you're the lighthouse now, because you overcame all the traumas that you're talking about, and my heart goes out for you, uh, with all those traumas you talk about, but you'll, you still go visit your depression once in a while, the memories, but you also know how you got out, and you are a hero, for the mere fact that you can help so many people, when you open up and you tell a story like that, you're like, wow, okay, I'm not alone. Guess what? This is what I'm going to. So I, when I say therapeutic, it's going to be therapeutic for you too. Knowing that, and, and I, and I, I got to find a way with the stream yard where we can see the comments right away because I know everybody, when I reshare it, on my page, you're gonna see a lot of comments. Hey, are you on? You on? Oh, you, you, you don't have to convince me of nothing. I've I've been following you for a while, and it just took me a while to reach out. You know, I just, you know, oh, again, kind of like the personality stuff, like from childhood. It's that I watch people from a distance a lot of times, but I pay attention. I pay attention, and then I finally like kind of go in, like, oh, hey, look, I've been following you for a while. Hey, how's things going? Blah blah blah. You know, but you know, it's the and that's what is important, you know, and a lot of times it's the, a lot of people restrictive, like, oh, they're going to ask for something, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it really is, you know, for the benefit of other people and stuff like that too. Now, I do this for the engagement because, you know, I don't know how to build or the things to talk about without other people so, feeding it. I mean, I have plenty to talk about, but I want the engagement. Like you. So here's, here's what you say. And, and every, I get, I get these people hit me up Tuesday, Monday. What's your show about Wednesday? I'm like, what? what? They want to know, like, you know, it's not, it's not like Seinfeld show about nothing. But sometimes <laughs> talk about it's a Wednesday morning when he, when he when he talks to me up there. And some stuff I actually bad my uh, my last show. I finally I, I've been promoted. Uh, my job um, it was a long haul, thirteen years. 
But I, I'll tell you this, and I bring this for a reason. I give signs. 13 years ago was my last promotion up until Monday the 18th. 11 years again for that. Thank you. 11 years ago, 11 years ago, I went through my own trauma. And when police officers go through trauma, it's a 10 13, as I said before, where we're calling for help. Everybody comes to help you. But in that time in my life, 11 years ago, 2010, my 10 13 was, like you say, muffled. Not everybody knew. They knew what I was going through. But guess what? I tell you about God. Now, I get promoted 13 years later. So, I got promoted captain in October, deputy inspector in October, and I get promoted inspector in October. One month is October, 10. What? 13 years is my last promotion. You put that together, it's 10, 13. You can't make this up. And how did that come to me? Because he told me. I'm thinking, man, he could have promoted me in September. He could promote me in December. It wouldn't have added up. 10, 13. If you don't believe the place there is, he always there's signs around us. I got other stories I can tell you about signs with, with the other things. How my life was going, and and, and God, he, he has a put. And I can just tell everybody, your, your, your trauma you're going through right now is horrible. Is is and, and I have no patience. I had no patience. I went through a long haul. I learned to have very little patience. He taught me little mm -hmm. patience. But I tell everybody out there, whatever you're going through now, remember, everything heals. It gets better. Not on our timeline, on his timeline upstairs. So his timeline is sometimes longer than our timeline. We want trauma done tomorrow. We want to be happy done tomorrow. We want everything. And sometimes it ain't. But guess what? When you do get to the good part of his timeline, you become stronger, you become happier, and you become wiser. And he uses you. He uses you, Mike. He's using you right now to help others. And that's what it's all about. You know, another thing too is like, you know, people always, you know, want to have that conversation, you know, the, the anti or the ones that fight everything that how could a good God let all these evils happen? It's like, well, how would you even have a measurement of good if there wasn't any bad, you know? And it's just that, you know, it, it, it makes the good shine that much brighter when you can actually have that weight as far as the, you know, seeing the tragedies and everything else that exist. And then, you know, seeing the bright light like yourself, you know, making that difference in the bad. You know, it, it, like, your bright light. And this is, I'll tell you this again, I get faith. You know, my wife, she knows every scripture. She can read everything out of the Bible and she's great at that. But I, I know stuff. So I'll tell you about Job. You know, I, I, someone told me I was Joseph a long time ago before I became Joseph. That's they actually the probably, oldest book in the Bible, by the way. So Job, Job, that God had a bet with the devil. The devil bet with the God that, you know, that he could take Job. And God had faith that Job would never give up. The only thing the devil could not do to Job was take Job's life. So what did happen? He takes his children. He takes his property. He takes his marriage in the end. All right? Almost like what I went through a lot of stuff. I thought, that maybe I am Job. But guess what? God always has faith in you and me. He bets on us even when we give in. But he bets on us. He believes in us. He carries us. He's always with us. And that's why I tell everybody, yeah, the devil, your depression, your thoughts in your mind that keep talking to you, that's the devil. That's the the, the, the naysay in your brain. That's the Jiminy Cricket. Your conscience is small, but I call it Dumbo, the big elephant in the room. <laughs> that's, that's your negative thoughts. And he's coming to you. But guess what? I, and I, I, again, I don't do all faith. But some people get turned off. But I'm telling you, the reason I, I say this is because 
He is with us. He bets on us. He believes in us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows the final outcome. And sometimes, yeah, he'll sit there. And even if we give up and fail, God forbid, he'll pick us up. You know, another thing, too, another analogy that I use with that, because that's actually one of, it's funny you brought that up. I mean, it's really funny you brought that up because it's the one I study and I actually, I use that when I speak to others as well, too, because that comment that God said, hey, you can do anything to Job that you wish, but you can't take his life. Well, the devil, if you think about this and this analogy, it makes sense for, you know, some of the people that really don't get it, is the fact that by him taking you know, putting the sores on him, the career and everything else, essentially he thought he was taking Job's life because again, it's that what, and it, and it goes a long way. And I use this as an analogy because especially in, you know, the field of being a first responder on any level is the fact that, you know, when you're going in there and everything that we're doing to actually promote that, you know, what is it actually being for? You know, what life is there? You know, is that your life? Or is it, you know, something greater is the passion or what I'm actually putting forth that life. And then Job was able to overcome that because the material things and everything else wasn't life. It was that in, you know, the, the, you know, his graciousness to God who actually gave him what he had and things like that as well, too. So it's just it's a strong story. And it's one to it isn't just a story. It's it's a study guide. It really is. When you sit there and look at it and you go in depth and really look at, I mean, my my, my, my my cell phone's dying, priest. So, but I'm gonna leave you one more thing. I, and I, I, this was probably one of the best podcasts I've been on. I've been on a lot. Uh, another one I like you to talk to Krista Fee. She does Battle to Be. Very good. She's uh, located in Texas. I will give her your number. Uh, you know, interact you. She's very good. She's a nonprofit in Texas. Does a lot of great work. She does helps everybody with uh, PTSD and belief. So that's another one, a beautiful one I was on too. Um, well, I'll tell you, I got myself blind for a second. I got to think. I think somebody too much. Um, but what, when it comes to in the end, our book, A Life, is a lot of chapter. Hopefully it's a big book and we can't tie to read. But there's always <laughs> going to be a setback. There's always going to be a chapter that you don't even want to go back to. You don't want to read that chapter again. It was full of heartbreak, loss, uh, real bad times. But guess what? This chapter's after that. And the sure. chapter should never end with you taking your own life. The chapter should be, and whatever happens, happens. All right? And God brings us somewhere else. And and I tell people that because there's a lot of people out there need to hear this. What I tell, tell the show is, you're not forgotten about, you might be going through something right now. My inbox is always open. Mike's inbox is always open to talk to. And uh, you know what? Don't give up. I know it seems hard right now. I know it seems impossible to get out of this. And guess what? It, 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 it looks like it can never get out of the way you think. But guess what? Time does heal wounds. I used to hate when my mother told me that, but things have a way of being so bleak today and down the line, sometimes a little longer than you want, it's like it never happened. Life storms come to four stages. Before, beautiful day, when you're going through the adversity, the storm's happening. All right? And then the pickup afterwards, the devastation. And then the last one, like it never happened. Four stages of life storms. And that's how it happens sometimes. There'll be a day when you still remember those scars. But it'll be a day where you could cope with it. It'll be a day when you say, come in here. Let me talk to you. Let me listen to you. Let me help you. Or let me just listen. And I'll tell you, oh, yeah, this is what you've been through. 
Yes, I've been through this. And I tell you, well, how could you get through it? You got to have open faith. And anytime you get anxious, call me, re lean on me. Just don't give up. And that's the moral story because like my phone is, I, is never give up, never give up, never give up. And I'll remember this. My, my, my catchphrase, and it's not a catchphrase, but it is, you matter, you're important, you make a difference. And I'll tell you, three F's in an L. Faith, family, friends, love. You got three F's in an L. You can have, try to get a little bit of each. You're all right in this world. And you know what? Your, your, your relationship might break up. Doesn't mean your, your life breaks up. You know what? You, you might get a new job. Don't mean your life breaks up. You might have a loss of a family member. And it's horrible. I don't even want to say it. But we're, we're supposed to live, live with their memory and, and, and stay in this world because that's what they want. They want. And they come to you. And I tell you that. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Keep it real, Steve Michael. Steve Morial said, Michael, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'll be honest, but I definitely want to talk off camera. I like to do a, a podcast, me and you together. Yes, you sir. Pick, it makes you sense. I think it's great. We'll, we'll, and we'll get guests to come up there and everything. I think it'd be great. I'll do StreamYard with you. I love it. You know, I, like uh, uh, I, I want to do. I want to do your method too, and kind of like test that part out to see how much more of the comments. Because again, that's why I do this is for the engagement. Tell me, how do I share this on my page? Get, when I'm done with this, is it waiting on my Facebook page? If I yeah, share you'll, it, yeah, you'll see that it ended. <laughs> and then you can actually share it and actually have the video plus. My yeah. website, I, 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 watch I post it. every one of the videos on my website on the Streaming Truth. So you'll be able to share them a link on that as well to a separate link to where Facebook it's actually page. the video. I'll put it on your Facebook page. And then, you Who know, again, I comments, I'll share. Yeah, I, I want everybody listening to, uh, you know, tune in, you know, keeping it real with Stephen, um, Stephen Michael every Wednesday <laughs> night at 7 p.m. And on YouTube, you know, everybody try to follow him on the YouTube as well, too. He don't want to rely just on the, the Facebook because the YouTube has a bunch of crowds. But I'm live Wednesday on Facebook, then I share it on YouTube. But I like live. Come see what it's about. It's 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you're somewhere else, please come. I mean, if you're uh, West Coast or Arizona, it's 4 p.m. If you're Mountain Central time, I guess it's 6 p.m. But come watch the show. What everybody's talking about, come watch a first responder, help people, bear his heart. But I guarantee, one promise I guarantee watching my show, you leave happier than when you started. And you will. I have people come to my show, interview they, they break down and cry from the topic we're talking about, but at the end, they're laughing. And that's a gift we have. You remember that. That's a gift. And God God bears it to us because we have to be the lighthouse in that dark rain, in the dark ocean. And you're doing a great job, and I want to link up, but you got to put this on my page. I guarantee you're going to have comments. I'll make sure about it. Well, so, well, and I also want to provide you. I'm going to email you over my corporate accounts because um, I'd really like to see you take your show and get it on the audio on an actual podcast podcast. And I'll give you a stream link to where you can Spotify, but you know, I, no, no, I thought... Spotify like cost money and it's hard to get out there, but I have a different link. If you go to RSS.com, it's free and you can expose it anywhere. And you can actually embed that code onto any one of the different podcasts. You can get on like iTunes, everything else. And I, cause you really need to get out there. I mean, and I'll tell you the last thing. Thank you. I'm going to tell you the last thing. Someone tells me, so I got people that talk. They, 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 I'm a life coach. I get paid I'm, and I'm happy. I'm very happy because the world needs that. But I'll tell someone like this. Um, and I, I don't want to sound, cause I'm not, I'm, I'm comparing myself to somebody that was a, 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 a on my job. You got to be confident. You got to be confident. Don't think you're arrogant. You got to be confident. They do a great job, and they do a great job, and I'm, I admire them, what they do. But I'll tell you this. You give me something to talk about, I'm like Eminem. 
And about I could talk about it because it comes from my heart. You want to talk about faith? I talk about faith. You want to talk about hope? I could talk about hope. You want to talk about forgiveness? I can talk about forgiveness. You want to go down the length of page, redemption, been there. I check all the boxes. You want to talk about talking to me? I could switch it up because it's genuine and it's a gift. And I had it in me, but until I went to my darkest, darkest time struggles, God elevated me to be able to have a voice. And that's what I say. So I don't mean to, I, I respect everybody what they do and I do and I and, and the world needs more positivity. And anyway, you can help someone, I, I'm all for it. But I, I'll tell you, you're genuine, I'm genuine. When it comes to this, I don't need to throw my name. How many years I do this, please, I I talk for me. Everybody, I'm a first responder, but you know what? You know, they know what I do later on, but guess what? They, they, they watch me not because of that. They watch us because of who we are. Not my they watch me for what I talk about and how, and they watch you for what you talk about and how you react in your genuine. That's why. So that's why I don't throw it out the whole time. It's not, I do it for everybody. And I have a lot of people, I'll leave it at this. A lot of people that, um, not first responders, our first responders, a lot of groups out there. And guess what? They watch you because you talk about everyday stuff we go through and you leave them with hope. And that's what this world needs a little more hope and faith. They need a little more positivity. Once we get on that board, we're all going to get through this together, whatever life has us. But I'm definitely going to go because it's going to die. But share it to me so I can share it. I guarantee you I have a lot of comments, and I definitely want to link up. I'm being yes, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you over an email with the links as well, too. And, uh, you know, everything above all else, man, thank you for your service that you currently do. And stay safe and stay blessed in all things. Stephen, seriously. I had a great time. I didn't think I had it. I had my coffee. Everyone said, how you get it? It's a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I'm not sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, but it's the coffee. On my studio show, you might see a red cup. That's different. The studio show is audience. I might have a red cup, but that's nothing. Well, every day it's coffee. That's how I get hyper. It's natural in me. My wife's probably laughing in the other room or she wants to bring my neck. I've been on it too long. But God bless you. Thank you. Share it, please. And I'll see you live Wednesday night. And I definitely want to link up with you and do more of this. I love it. All right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Stay blessed and stay safe, Stephen. Thank you so much thank again. You. God bless. Good night. Facebook page, Stephen Morial. Keep it real with Stephen Michael. Good night, everybody. Good night, Michael. It was a pleasure. Good night. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you.